Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Okay, we are together today for a fun interview. We are kind of going to start thinking about the holiday season and we're thinking about, you know, a lot of things remind us of that these days. I feel like you can't walk into a store without being reminded of that. But I think sometimes it's harder for our hearts to repair in that way. So Christian, what are we doing today? Yes, guys, we have a super fun interview. We are so excited today to have Ruth Jo Simons with us today. So welcome, Ruth. Yes. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Guys, you guys will get to hear more from Ruth, but she has accomplished a ton. So why don't you even just start there? You are an artist and an author and a mother and Mm -hmm. a podcaster and a business owner, all the things. Tell us about you. Oh, thanks. Um, Ruth Jo Simons. I'm the founder of gracelace.com, a website in which I get to share my artwork and paired with words of truth as lifestyle products that we ship around the world. I've also authored several books. And yes, I, I get to podcast these days as well. And so I'm super grateful. I get to speak around the country to encourage women, but in my everyday life, I am surrounded by men. I am married to my husband, Troy. We've been married for 24 years and we have six sons. And my goodness, I, it's been <laughs> such an amazing journey. My oldest is 20 and my youngest is nine. And I literally did birth them one at a time. And they are such a joy. And my life is filled with a lot of dirt biking, jeeping, and a lot of Legos and motor oil. So there you go. it's not all butterflies and watercolor up here all the time. I'm a total boy mom, but I always feel like I'm the most unlikely, but isn't that how God works? Mm-hmm. Calls us to things that we're possibly thinking like, I'm totally the wrong person for this job. And then he shows himself faithful in it. So that's my motherhood journey. And I get to work with ladies and on my team in my everyday life. But yeah, my passion is to encourage women to apply the gospel in the mundane so that we might reflect the glory of God wherever we are, whatever we're doing. You just said so many good things there that I want to dig into. We are obviously, we're moms of young children, so I can't imagine having six boys and all of those busy ages. That is like so full. Your life is very busy. I was going to say, what is the craziest response you've ever gotten when you've told someone you have six boys? Oh my goodness. I've gotten so many, you guys. I I <laughs> mean, sure. I get regularly get stopped by people who are like, oh, I'm so sorry. They'll say that. Oh, oh my gosh. They really, yeah. They'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. Or don't feel bad. Boys are so much easier. Or were you just trying for a girl over and over? Did you not know? Yeah. They, oh. you know yeah. like, they say the silliest things. And so all the boys know, like they literally put a smile on their face and they're, they're like, we love having brothers. Aww. They like they just have a response, you know, yeah. these days to so anyone fun. who stops us at the grocery store or whatever. But just a little re- in response to what you ladies were saying, I wasn't doing all this when my kids were little, little. So I just always want to clarify that, that sometimes on the internet, we see people achieve a lot and we think we're all peers. We're all the same because on a little thumbnail avatar, we all look about the same age. But there have been very hidden years of my life and decades where I did a lot of the work that you see now, but I was doing it in the privacy of my home with women at my kitchen table or writing alone. And so, yeah, I just want to say that as an encouragement to all the young mamas who might be listening going, oh my goodness, why can't I live out all my dreams? And I always love to say, you can do all the things that God's called you to. You may just not always get to do them all at the same time. So Hmm. the pressure's off. 
Gosh, that's like personally encouraging to me. So thank you for saying that. But yeah, take us through that a little bit. What has life looked like for you? Because obviously you have accomplished a ton. You do, you are doing a ton now. And like you said, you've done a lot of years of quiet, hard work too. But a lot of your life, a lot of people could look at of saying, oh, this is so exciting, so flashy, so big. You've kind of maybe like, yeah, done it, like achieved it. How do you balance that with also just finding contentment in everyday life with being a mom, being a wife, kind of just slowing down a little bit. How do you focus on those things? Yeah, I think it's so the lure of fame and Christian celebrityism, which should not even be two words put together. But a lot of that is what social media has created an illusion for, right? There's just this illusion of like success or achievement or being so effective for God, even if we're trying to say, you know, like, I just want to do big things for God. And so it could all feel really glamorous or like living your best life if you get to use all your gifts all at once. And I just, I think we were never meant to be on a platform or never made to be a spotlight. We were made to be image bearers who reflect God and reflect the purposes He gave us. And so the only way I can stay really faithful there and not be like overwhelmed or consumed or distracted by social media and by all the pressure, I think, is to really be involved in my local community, to have friends who are in my home, to have people that I don't necessarily have a lot in common with. I think it's really easy to only invite people in your life who think like you, dress like you, and do all the things that you do and know all about Instagram. No, it's it's actually really lovely to share your life and invest in others who may not be your first pick, that you may not just go out there and go, we have so much in common. That keeps us so grounded to remember that our lives are not to just benefit ourselves, that what we do on a stage, because right now in this immediate season of life, I get to do a lot of things under a spotlight, publish on a large platform, get to share my work with hundreds of thousands of people. But the truth is everything I want to do on stage or before a mic or under the spotlight has to be first done in my home and with people that could never tell about it on social media. So I think that's a good way to keep our hearts healthy. And quite frankly, ladies, in the work that you guys are doing, we as content creators and creatives, if we have any hope to keep on running the race well and to not burn out, it just means that we have to be really good at cultivating the inner life. And everything that we do out there, everything that we say out there, everything we post on social media has to start from where we are at home with our people in unseen places. That's how I kind of keep balanced there. Uh, I really feel like we could just like wrap up this podcast because I think so much of what you just said, we're not going to do that. But so much of you said applies to so many people. So even if you're not someone that has this name on a stage or you're in the Christian speaking or podcasting sphere, we all have that thing that kind of draws us to want to be known or kind of popular in our area. So whether that's your kind of career and you want to be at the top or this or that, and you're battling these feelings of like, okay, but how do I like love and serve my family well by also achieving that? I just love that so much of where this growth happens in this just how God wants to use us is in those hidden dark places in our home and you're not getting praised often for it and no one's cheering you on. But I just think that's where God is working so much with our children and our neighbors and the girls that I see at preschool drop off every morning. It's like those women. Yeah, it's not even as easy sometimes because you're kind of in it with people that are really living life. But I just I think there was so much good in that that you said. Mm hmm. 
And a lot of times it looks messy. You have to, when you're living life like that, you have to be willing to enter into really hard things with people too. You want it to look perfect because that's what you see on social media or that's what you see maybe from just like the surface level of other friendships or other relationships, but that's just not reality. And you're going to get into it and it's going to be hard and it's not going to be pretty and you're going to feel tired and drained times. And so, yeah, you obviously live that very well. I'm a work in progress in it for sure. But I, I feel like that's the message that young women need to hear right now is that there's a cost to everything that we do. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't run hard and steward everything God's given us. If he's given you a platform on social media, steward that well. If he's given you an opportunity to publish, steward that well. But the truth is, we will always treasure ourselves instead of Christ unless we are constantly reminded of how he is better. And so, yeah, fame and success and feeling really good about ourselves, that will always be my treasure if I'm not reminded constantly that my treasure is in Christ and that I don't deserve anything, that this is all a gift from Him. And so I think for all of us content creators, it's really trying to stay balanced by being in awe of God more than we are in awe of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That was encouraging even just to Christian and I. So thank you. Yeah. That's so Going good. off of that as well, as we're talking about the holiday season and the season of Advent, which we'll kind of let you explain in a bit, you know, it's really hard, especially for me, maybe certain personalities are more bent to this, but I love all the things that come with holidays. So the fun traditions and just all of it, the decorations and kind of going overboard. So what do you say to people who, you know, kind of tend to get caught up in this but the importance of quieting our hearts and our souls and really reflecting on what the season is about. You know, we kind of get this phrase, like the reason for the season. How do we do that practically? Well, as I'm looking at you all in your studio, I'm like, okay, these girls get my style. I love <laughs> the way your studio is set up. There's nothing wrong with us loving beauty, right? Mm-hmm. If we if we love beauty, if we understand the, the excitement of bringing colors together and having textures in our home, there's absolutely nothing wrong with like, our hearts being captured by a display at Target or Pottery Barn or wherever we're going, or Anthro has the funnest displays at holiday time. There's nothing wrong with those things. The problem is when we think of celebrating Christmas and our hope gets wrapped up in the ambiance and what we create and all the things we can gather together to make it special. And then we just kind of insert a little bit of Christ and the gospel and the hope of Jesus, and we just insert that into it, then we literally come out on the other side a little empty, a little like we will crash. We kind of, it's kind of anticlimactic. We get to December 26th and we wonder why it's all over. And now like I have to wait a whole year for it to be magical again, because if we put all the magic in what we can create and what we can do to make ourselves feel peace, and we miss the part where Christ is the one who brought peace, then we really will never be satisfied. So I think the thing is, you know, you're talking to a girl who gets like liking stuff. I love a a new throw pillow and all the pretty things and I want new dishes. All that stuff is so heartwarming and wonderful when you're trying to be hospitable. But if you put your hope in it, you will always find that you'll never be satisfied. And I think that's the part where Sometimes I think about the Adventists and about all of us mamas, or maybe if you're not a mom, you're going to feel the same way, but sometimes you have all these hopes and expectations for this time of year. But then you find that suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so discouraged and bummed out. I've got FOMO too, because at some level, it's not what I wanted. It's not everything I hoped for. I'm not getting 
where I want to go. And somehow it just goes so fast. And before you know it, you feel either behind or you just feel like you're hustling like crazy and you can't seem to like appreciate or enjoy it. And I think the desire in my heart is to kind of just stop all my sisters here and just go, hey, we are literally creating the stress for ourselves because we are putting the expectation on this thing that we can create. And everything about the Christian life has always been that we actually don't hold the key to our own happiness. We might think that we can make ourselves feel love and peace and pretty and we can belong and all those things that we want. We were made to want those things. But when we try to achieve it through all the pretty things we can buy, all the people we can gather, being the hostess with the mostess, so at some point that wears out and you still are left with that emptiness of going, why does it matter and why do I matter? And so the reason why it matters in the Advent season for us to not simply just say Jesus is the reason for the season, but to actually slow it down and go, what are we actually celebrating? What is this season for? That is recentering our hearts for why we're here and the purpose for which we're called and how we can step into it, not just at a time of year where we light candles, but all year round. We need to know that God is with us all the time. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're coming out with a new book and I want you to go into that because I feel like you're on a roll. You're coming out with this new devotional, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Take us through that. What do you mean for this season? And I even want you to talk about, you know, a lot of people do look at it. We even said the word, we mean it as a season, but what do you actually, what do you believe is God with us as Christians? How do we walk that out? And what does that look like? Not even only just for the season, but actually all year round and all of our lives. Yeah. I think that we sometimes talk about baby Jesus at Christmas time. And what we really mean is like, Jesus represents hope. But then we kind of put all our hope in a warm feeling or gathering family or putting our differences aside and eating a good meal, surprising somebody with a good gift. All those things are fun. But we forget that that baby Jesus came because he was going to be the savior of the world. And that The meaning of the name Emmanuel is God with us. And when Jesus came, he didn't come just to live a couple of years so that we could go figure it out on our own. He came so that he would walk amongst us, that he would die the death that was meant for us, and that through the rescuing of our souls, that we would now be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And so all year round, ladies, like all the time, January 1, December 26, after everything is put away at Christmas time, God is still with us. And I think sometimes we forget this because somehow by January 1 and it's like cold and bleak and we're like, oh my goodness, yes to new starts, but oh my goodness, (laughs) it's back to things being hard and I have to go back to work and all the struggles that I'm facing. I think what if we change the narrative here and what if we embrace this Advent season? And I mean like that Advent literally means the arrival of someone anticipated. So if we treat this Advent season, the 25 days of December leading up to Christmas, what if we treat that time as a time where we can remember how to posture our hearts so that we can receive like the gift of hope from Jesus and that we can can really think through and evaluate, like, do I actually live every day recognizing that God with us is for me all the time and not just in this season? I think we would have a more powerful January, February, March, and throughout the year, we would have a much more powerful 
year-round presence with God if we actually recognize that he was never meant to be confined to one holiday season. I like that too, because when you were kind of explaining, no, like he came to be with us, to live this life with us, you know, to constantly be with us. It's like, if you reflect on that, and even just as you were speaking, I was thinking through that and letting that wash over me. And I'm like, that changes everything. That changes every minute of my day. And just like I have to preach the gospel to myself over and over, that is the gospel. I tend to forget that aspect of it. And I just tend to live the rest of my year, like you're saying, where God is this far off, distant thing that I have to either, you know, I yo-yo back and forth in closeness based on kind of my daily devotion to him. So if I'm spending a lot of time reading my Bible and close to him, you know, I get that feeling. I feel his presence close to me, but if not, he's this really distant, far off God who I've disappointed or I've upset or have to do something to get back to that. And if I just sit and meditate on what you said, Emmanuel truly means, that really does change everything about every day that I have. So... Mm -hmm. That was encouraging. And even just talk about our sin patterns. Obviously, like we know each other well. And one of my biggest sin struggles is just feeling like I need to do all the things all the time and achieve all these things and be all these things as a wife and as a mom or as an employee. And I think if I'm really applying God with us, that He is with me every day, then that takes off so much pressure that I'm putting on myself for no reason. That like even at the very beginning of this conversation, you said, yeah, I'm not equipped to do this. I'm not equipped to do all these things and be a mother of six. And that's like the exact point. And that... Emmanuel, us understanding, no, he is with me in every moment of my parenting. When it's going great and meeting my expectation or when it's really not and it's falling apart, he's with me. Or, I mean, I could say that about multiple areas of my life and that is so good if we really could apply that all year round, not just to this one season. Yes. And I think the best celebrations we possibly can have at Christmas time will be in response to the good news that we're like, oh my goodness, God is so good. And then I always think about how when we hear a really great message at church, the song that comes next, we sing with a different kind of passion when we're responding to the truth kind of in like just ingrained in our hearts when we're convicted, when we're like, wow, God, you are so good. Now I sing differently. And so I think that same thing can apply to our Christian life. I mean, my last book was called When Striving Cease, and it was my story of understanding grace. And I'm a self-striver. I am a recovering striver, perfectionist, someone who thinks that God, exactly what you said, Samantha, just that God loves me more somehow if I could just do a better job, improve on myself, do all the things that would make Him proud of me. And that's not the gospel at all. Christ came to do what we couldn't do. And so even when we come to this holiday season where even if we don't admit it out loud, the truth is we all feel this pressure. We feel this pressure to do it better, to give our kids the perfect experience, to be the right mom, to cook the right foods, to not waste the season. And we keep worrying that somehow we'll mess it all up. And I think if we start with the gospel and we start with the truth of how the redemption story started long before Christmas Day, long before Jesus was born in a manger, when we focus on that story and recognize that God's been faithful from beginning of time to show you that He wants your heart and He wants to be with you forever, if we start there, then I guarantee your Christmas celebration will be much more special than anything that you could purchase or gather together to make it look more special because they'll be in response to something that you couldn't do on your own. And so I just put that challenge out there for anyone listening because I think 
at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you decorate your home or how many parties you throw. If your heart is dried up and you don't understand that God desires to be with you and he made a way for you to never be cast out from his presence, if we don't start there, then there's not much to celebrate. And so, gosh, I just, I pray and hope that as sisters, we can all encourage one another that that's actually what we're celebrating and why we can walk in rest and not feel so much pressure all the time. Mm. And I love that too, because in your book, in your new book that's coming out, you talk about, you have portions that talk about pondering on his word, about praying through it and praising God. And I think that's so good and such a good reminder that specifically in these like holiday seasons that why are we not taking more time? You said rest, but why are we not taking more time to rest and slow down and not hurry through these things? Because that's not what he's asking us to do. He's asking us actually to just come to know him more, to be more calm, slow down, to take intimate time to spend with him. And what a good reminder in even just the words and how you wrote that book to give us space and time to do so. It's awesome. Well, I'm encouraged by this. I'm excited. I tend to kind of ignore a lot of that, even with an Advent study. I know that your hope for this is kind of that people would embrace this mentality throughout the year, but I'm excited to really use the Advent season as the launching point and do your devotional. But I do want to say with six boys, do you have any fun holiday traditions that you guys like to do each year or fun things you've seen over the years with your boys? Let us know. Yeah, well, you know, our favorite thing to do is just cook together. I mean, that really is our favorite tradition. I mean, it's not even like we cook the same things or bake the same things all the time, but somehow when we gather together in the kitchen, and I always think it's funny that people are surprised when my six boys are good in the kitchen, but I'm like, goodness, you know, that seriously, I'm setting them up for their future wives, right? I was going to say, yeah. Great husband. I mean, the fact that they really can cook and clean, but when you gather in the kitchen, you get to slow down, right? Just like what you were saying, like you get to actually slow down and you can say, you can talk about things. You can listen to a message together. You can actually like just ask questions that you don't usually have time to ask. And so I think sometimes traditions don't even have to be so monumental if you don't come from like I don't come from a family background where we had a lot of traditions so I didn't come into my marriage with a whole bunch of really special things that we do all the time but what we can create is always a new rhythm of how togetherness is better than stuff and so we spend a lot of time doing things together and that cooking actually brings us always to the tradition of opening our home on Christmas Eve. And that really is just a tradition that I love so much in our home because it's just teaching our boys hospitality and it's just allowing them to end Christmas Eve thinking about others more than they think about themselves. And so that's just a practical thing that we do together. Yeah. I love that. Cultivating togetherness. That's a good holiday tradition. Yeah. Yeah, Great tradition. So thank you so much, Ruth. We are so excited to just dive more into your devotional, but also just thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And the encouragement. I mean, Mm -hmm. for us personally, and hopefully for everyone listening, you've been really encouraging. So thank you. Well, I'm so glad I got to be here. Thank you all for having me. It was such an honor. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.